1: Welcome to the New Books Network. Hi. Theory. Hi. Welcome to High Theory.
0: In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory. I'm Kim Adams.
1: And I'm Sharunik Basu.
0: We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself.
1: High Theory Podcast is a proud member of the Humanities Podcast Network. It therefore gives us great pleasure to invite you to the 2022 Humanities Podcast Network Symposium. On podcasting as knowledge sharing and creation. Like last year, we will have three days of conversations on all things podcast from October 20th to 22nd. Please visit the network website at humanitiespodnetwork.org, that's humanitiespodnetwork.org, to find more details and for the link to register for this free and virtual event. Welcome to High Theory. Today we are talking about Standpoint Theory with Shoham Shen. Shoham, before we begin, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience?
0: Yes, definitely. Thank you, Sharonik, for having me over. My name is Shoham Shen. Uh, I'm a second-year master's student at the College of Media and Communication, Texas Tech University. And uh, I'm also the newly appointed assistant course director for the public speaking course. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What is stand- What the
1: heck is standpoint theory?
0: Right. So, um, before talking about standpoint theory, I would like to visit, revisit the backdrop of it. Of course. Uh, 1960s and 1970s, as we know, were a very significant period in the history of the United States of America because of the civil rights movements which were happening in different parts of the country. One of the major outcomes of these movements was identity politics. Right. So where does identity politics start from? Uh, it starts from the notion that politics, uh, it starts from the notion that the society is structured by power relations that create unequal social locations for marginalized groups or communities. As the name suggests, identity politics uh, essentially focuses on the issue of identity, uh, with kind of a larger call for, as we might say, uh, politics of recognition. So I'm talking about uh, equity, acknowledgement, and uh, and most importantly, justice within the existing social system. These. This entire concept of identity politics uh, essentially served as a platform for like two very important theories, which are used extensively interdisciplinary-wise. One right. is the queer theory, and the other one is the one which we're going to talk today about. It's the standpoint theory. Right. So uh, what is standpoint theory? Standpoint theory is essentially rooted in a Marxist analysis of the daily working condition of subordinate or marginalized group members. Standpoint theory focuses on the lived experiences of individuals belonging to a marginalized community and how these experiences serve as the vantage point for these individuals, from which they not only interact with the world, but they also try to interact with themselves. Here, it's kind of important to clarify that this is not a subjective viewpoint because if i'm thinking like that it might promote bias right. rather i would say that it's an acknowledgement of engaging oneself within a specific field of experience um right now i feel it's very important to uh, take into consideration what one of the eminent social theorists patricia hill collins had to say about uh standpoint theory Um, So she very interestingly mentions that uh, standpoint theory is the conscious recognition of one's standpoint, which eventually opens up the possibility for conceptual stance where, uh, where, you know, all the members of the population will acknowledge the varying degrees of penalty as well as privilege, which they experience when they are in relation to the dominant structure. And for me, this is what which makes standpoint theory really unique, because right now it's not only as a researcher, you're trying to understand these experiences, understand these perspectives, but it's also the members of the marginalized community who are, who are continuously understanding, engaging and negotiating their experiences in a larger structure, in a, in a larger power structure. Right. Right. So, um, we can, see that, we can definitely now say that standpoint theory is never a totalizing theory. It's something which is in the process of theorizing. It's, right. it's always a method of inquiry which is ongoing and which tries to understand various standpoints, take, tries to take into consideration various diverse viewpoints. Um, and it always kind of challenges the political environment or the social structure which we are a part of.
1: I guess it like ought not to be totalizing because um, because of specifically of its uh, origin, which is, you know, to, to take into account the other in
0: some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that kind of uh, acts as like your question kind of acts a perfect segue to the next thing which I was trying to say where uh, standpoint theory, when does standpoint theory become political? That's a question which I faced when I was like trying to understand the theory. And, uh, i i feel that standpoint theory becomes political when these marginalized group members they are critically aware of their particular position in relation to the dominant social structure which they are part of and they start challenging the social inequality or the hierarchy which is present right um, so we can say that standpoint theory, uh, it's its also known as a feminist standpoint theory because of its origins in feminist theorizing. Uh, standpoint theory is not only considered as a critical theory. It also serves as an epistemology. It's kind of like a method which is followed. And very interestingly, it also serves the purpose of you know, a political strategy which kind of uh, addresses the relationship between the social location how that social location influences production of knowledge when it comes under the realm of power i see so yeah so that is kind of like standpoint theory
1: right so you know you mentioned method and strategy and i had a question when you were speaking which is you know what would an analysis that is based on standpoint theory look like so all of that kind of coalesces into my next question which is how do we use standpoint theory
0: Right. For me, the most unique part of standpoint theory is that it focuses on the concrete lived experiences of individuals, rather than focusing on abstract concepts. Um, in uh, when we are doing something with standpoint theory, it's interesting that we do not take into consideration the sample population or the participants of that sample population as you know, just like a part of a sample, we consider them to be co-researchers. So the moment we are mentioning them as co-researchers, we are not only creating a sense of trust, uh, it's also building up an environment which allows them to share their experiences more easily. And it also allows us as researchers to get a very diverse, unique viewpoints about things. And these unique experiences of individuals provides us with some scholarship which goes way beyond the generalization, which is often formed based on scientific findings of a specific sample size. Standpoint theory kind of allows us to ask a lot of unconventional questions. And since it allows us to ask those questions, it helps us to create a form of knowledge or a structure of knowledge, which again challenges the dominant form of knowledge, which is essentially created by the power structure of the society so standpoint theory in a way allows us to look beyond what we consider as knowledge and take into consideration all the ideas all the experiences bind them together for a more concrete inclusive form of knowledge
1: if you don't mind i will push a little yeah. bit further and ask you yeah. um, like you could you give us a sense of like the front end of the analysis like what does it look like like look on the page, let's say, or, I mean, you know, could it be, you said political strategies, so maybe like, you know, how does campaign rhetoric use standpoint theory? Or if you, you, you're a media studies person, so let's say how does, um, you know, TV media use standpoint theory? Applications of it, of course, <clears throat> if this makes sense.
0: For me, as someone who is definitely interested in pursuing research, standpoint theory makes a lot of sense for me, from two perspectives. The first perspective is that it allows us, it, it allows me specifically to understand the position of people in various locations and the kind of knowledge which they're forming. And secondly, I can use that knowledge to form a base to pursue my research. So if I may, like um, there's this one technique which I usually use when I'm teaching standpoint theories that I do something called the tree of lived experiences where I encourage my students to take up a certain amount of time for themselves and talk about instances or issues where they have felt, you know, marginalized by certain actions of the community. As a result of which, it does open up a lot of opportunities for for themselves to negotiate their position in the social structure. And for me as a researcher, or as an aspiring scholar, it kind of uh, gives me an idea of how to Understand the various perspectives or various viewpoints. Um, And uh, when you're talking about political strategy or campaign strategy, we often see that the kind of voice which essentially portrays the information is something which doesn't take into consideration the basic experiences which they're facing. It's always from a very third person perspective Mm -hmm. where we're just trying to get a holistic understanding instead of dwelling into their lives to understand what exactly the problem is right i hope that answered your question of
1: course yes um okay so you mentioned the pedagogical uses of standpoint theory and i guess you know that makes me that opens up a way for me to ask you the final main question of today which is how will uh, and if you think it will uh, standpoint theory save the world
0: I feel that uh, standpoint theory will save the world and I kind of
1: believe that. Thank you for saying that. I mean, so few people <laughs> just come out and say, yes, it will save the world.
0: Yeah. So, uh, because uh, most importantly, standpoint theory allows us to be a part of a variety of experiences. And since it allows us to be a part of a variety of experiences, it prevents us from the biggest challenge which we face as a human society right now. It's the problem of stereotyping. Because, uh, you know, Standpoint theory not only allows us to look at a marginalized community from a very collectivistic angle, but it also allows us to look at the individualistic angle which is present in the whole collective entity. So being an international student, all of us fall under a collective category, right? Yeah. But then each one of us coming from a different cultural background have our own individual challenges. Yeah. So i cannot negate my challenges or i cannot negate someone else's challenges considering that it's different from mine so we are taking into consideration the whole challenge as well the collective challenge as well as dwelling into the finer details of it which are unique to each and every person and uh, since it allows us to do that what essentially standpoint theory makes us do is that it helps us to get an outsider within perspective so here we are trying to negotiate our everyday experiences within a dominant social structure. So we not only know how the dominant social structure works, but we also have a fair idea of how we're negating through it to to make our presence felt. So this outsider within perspective also allows the opportunity to open up a whole new set of knowledge for people, which can later be used to challenge the society or challenge the
1: structure right that was really clarifying thank you Shom and also I really love your example of um, international students because um, so a couple of <laughs> this was in 2020 mm-hmm. um, I, I'm i part of this group called the Visionary Futures Collective and we did like this survey of the experience of international students um, right. the first year of the pandemic and like this is exactly what we kind of found which is like there are broad sweeping commonalities and Absolutely. Uh, international student experiences. But then there are like very, um, you know, very important differences. Like, you know, there are so, like the whole visa situation varies so much. And it right. It, right. It, it completely changes the way, like you might be facing the same thing mm-hmm. where you are studying, but what you're facing back home changes your entire perspective from Absolutely. Like, the next international student. Absolutely. So this... I like. I
0: feel that standpoint theory doesn't allow us to like put a put a blanket on everything else, and you know doesn't allow us to break it into one single category. Right. It's a category which has a lot of subcategories, and it's important right now for us to identify those subcategories, especially when we are living at a time where social media is at tandem, and we are definitely using it to share our experiences, our opinions. But how much are we actually a part of those experiences, right. which can allow us to you know? understand the matter a bit more is what i feel is like extremely important in the times we are living in
1: yeah and that is how standpoint theory will save the world (laughs) yes Um, hopefully shoham thank you so much for coming to high theory and talking about standpoint theory i really appreciate it thank you thank you so much shahani for the opportunity thank you and thank you for listening to high theory if you like our podcast please review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix Sharnik Bosu and Nathan Kim manage our social media presence. Julia Irian Martins edits our transcripts and Owen Quinn composes our theme music.
0: You can also find us at hightheory.net. We hope you
1: have a highly theoretical day.